As you may know, if you've been with us this Christmas season of 2022, we're considering four of Jesus' mother Mary's experiences as they're recorded for us in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 56. And last week we began the series with the title, How Can This Be? Mary's question to Gabriel the angel, how can this be? And we answered from the text that how it could be was there is a big miracle working God. And we said, you may have your questions. How can this be at work in my family with my money, with my health? How can this be maybe our question? And we said the same answer that Mary had as a young virgin girl, woman. A big, miracle-working God, that's how it can be. And this morning we come to the next verses in Luke 1, 35 to 38, to consider the angel Gabriel's statement to a wondering, not a doubting, but a wondering Mary. And Gabriel said to Mary, who was wondering how this could be, Gabriel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Believe that? With God, nothing will be impossible. That's true. But there is a but. A however, there was a time in my life as a young pastor that quite often I would say out loud, we don't put God in a box. And I said that once in front of the denominational superintendent in Canada that was supervising our congregation in some regard for the denomination and he said to me that's true pastor rob but sometimes god puts himself into a box the superintendent meant that god can do anything except whatever would contradict scripture or what would violate his own character. And so in a sense, God has put himself into a box. And the angel Gabriel told Mary, for with God, nothing will be impossible. May I qualify that by our understanding of God and scripture? Nothing will be impossible with God that is in line with his word. Nothing will be impossible with our God that is in line, aligned with his character. But really, there are some things that are impossible for God. Sinning. Changing. Accepting or winking his eye, as it were, at sin. That's impossible. Having conflict and disharmony within the Godhead, impossible. Breaking his unconditional promises, stealing, allowing for a works-based salvation from sin, that's impossible for God. Lying, forgetting and abandoning his children, impossible. Tempting his children to sin, impossible for God. Not being faithful to his dealings, failing to accomplish his will, denying himself. No, those things are impossible for God. Being, being in any way something that contradicts his character. 
doing anything that contradicts his character. It's impossible for God. And it's impossible for God to lose to Satan when all is said and done. So really, there are some things which are impossible for God because God will not violate himself and he will not violate his word. So let me qualify the statement due to other scriptural teaching that we have that the angel Gabriel's statement to Mary, maybe I could qualify it in some regard like this. The angel said, for, or, or could have said, for with God, nothing which is in line with God's character, God's will, God's plans, God's promises, and God's works, nothing will be impossible for God. Now certainly, the virgin birth was totally in line with God's character and was totally congruent with his revealed will as far back in the Old Testament as we care to go, like Genesis 3.15. For God, nothing will be impossible that is in agreement with his promises. And certainly, the virgin birth, as I've said, was in alignment with God's character. It was congruent with God's will. It was according to God's plans. And it accomplished God's glory being seen in the Savior. So, the miracle of the virgin birth was possible and not impossible for God. And we can see this in Luke 1, verse 36. Let's uh, look at that verse, Luke 1, 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. That's angel, the angel speaking to the young Mary. And we can see in that verse that the angel Gabriel reasoned with young Mary that it was not impossible for God to give a baby by way of marital relations to Elizabeth, who was well past her childbearing years. So it was possible for God to give Mary an even bigger miracle baby without a human biological father. Now, don't miss the fact that the angel Gabriel probably had a front row seat along with the other angels to see the other so-called impossible things that God had already done. Uh, It would seem from... 1 Corinthians 4.9, that angels do look down on God's dealings on earth. 1 Corinthians 4.9, for I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death, for we have been made a spectacle to the world, watch, both to angels and to men. Paul's saying, the angels are watching what's happening to the apostles, the angels are aware of what's happening in human history from their angelic realm. Or 1 Timothy 5, verse 21, I charge you before God, the Apostle Paul charges the young pastor Timothy, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Paul is saying to young pastor Timothy, discharge your ministerial pastoral duties Without prejudice, do nothing with partiality, knowing that Christ and the angels are watching. And so it would seem that angels 
are allowed by God to see what's going on down here on earth, they observe the happenings and the unfolding of God's will here on earth from heaven. And if that is so, and I believe that it is so, that during the Old Testament times, before the announcing of the virgin birth to Mary, this Gabriel angel would have seen the Lord do many impossible things. The creation of everything out of nothing. God speaks ex nihilo in Hebrew and creates the universe out of nothing. The angels would have seen that. The angels would have seen the global flood, the standard of holiness God imposes on the globe, the persons of the globe. These angels would have seen the exodus out of Egypt, all the plagues that God gave to Egypt to convince Pharaoh to release the Israelites, and the angels in heaven would have seen the parting of the Red Sea that God effected to let his nation of Israel escape from Egypt. These angels would have seen Jericho and its walls falling down. They would have seen Gideon's army's victories. They would have seen the defeat of the prophets of Baal by Elijah on the two different altars. These angels would have seen Nineveh's mass repentance and conversions to the true God Etc., etc., etc. And so these angels, Gabriel in particular, when he came to the young woman Mary to tell her that she had been chosen of God to be the human mother of Messiah, he knew what God was capable of. He'd witnessed all these events along with the other angels. And so Elizabeth and Mary were just Gabriel's then most recent impossibles made possible. 35 to 38, Luke 1. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was, was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a beautiful response. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What's your impossible? We come today and each of us are as unique as our DNA and our faces. But all of us, I think, could think of an impossible today. A prodigal child, a broken marriage, a need for a job, cancer, or some other affliction that you're not sure you're going to get healed from. What's your impossible? For with God, the angel said, Nothing will be impossible. Now let's take these 
four verses separately, one by one. So let me reread verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born is called, will be called the Son of God. When it came to the gestation, the formation of the Lord Jesus Christ in Mary's womb, when it came to the gestation of Messiah, it was a creative act of God, the Holy Spirit. The text says that the Holy Spirit would overshadow Mary and she would be with child and yet a virgin. Now, this was not some form of divine and human cohabitation because some pagans and some pagans have mythologies of such things. And when it was the creative act of God, the Holy Spirit, who caused Jesus to be the holy child, the son of God, not a holy child, not a son of God, but the holy child, the son of God, very God, who took on human flesh. So he could die for us. So he could live amongst us. So he could heal our sick. So he could teach us the way to heaven. So that he could die on the cross and have human blood to shed and could have a human body to die. Verses 36 to 37. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Do you know why the angel could be accurate in saying that anything in line with God's character and plan is impossible for him to be a failure at? Why would he say that? Because God is omnipotent. Omni, all, potent power. Our God, your God, your Savior, the head of this church, is omnipotent. He has all the power there is to have. He has all the power of God because he is God. Omnipotent. And of course, there are many verses both in the Old and the New Testament, where Almighty God or Omnipotent God is referenced. I'll just read you one in Revelation 19, verse 6. The scene is future scene is heaven, the Lamb of God being worshipped by the 24 elders and others in white robes, the martyrs of the tribulation period. And then jumping in at Revelation 19, verse 6, John says, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. That's just one example of Christ being called the Lord God omnipotent. So I ask you again, what's your impossible? What impossible did you carry into the sanctuary today in your purse or in your wallet or in your heart 
or in your mind. And if the truth be told, nobody who scanned the outside of you, that humanly scanned the outside of you, knows about your impossible, maybe. Could you humble yourself this week and tell someone in the congregation you love and trust what your impossible is and ask that person to join you in prayer about your impossible? Maybe you'll find the person you picked to ask to pray for your impossible has seen God answer her impossible or his impossible. And that would be high-octane encouragement, would it not? What is your impossible? Young Mary responded so perfectly to the angel Gabriel's announcement of her upcoming miracle pregnancy and son. In verse 38, I'm coming back to it. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord. The maid servant of the Lord is another way of saying a bond slave. And so often in the New Testament epistles, when we as believers are called, we are called to be bond slaves. In Israel, a bond slave was this. An ordinary slave under Old Testament law was a slave to the slave owner for six years. And then when the seventh year occurred, the owner was obliged to release the slave to freedom. Unless... After six years, the slave concluded that he could have no more a benevolent master than the one he already had, unless the slave decided that he loved his master and wanted to be, continue to be his slave. And that, when that was the case, he became a bond slave. And the way they marked becoming a bond slave was they took the slave to a wooden block, they put his or her earlobe on the wooden block, they took an awl, a tool with a sharp point, and they hammered a hole, the first piercing, <laughs> before we've had piercings. Piercing of the earlobe. And then put something in that to show that's a bond slave. That person could have been redeemed and freed after six months of being a slave, and they chose to continue to be a slave, not for six more years, for life. That's what Mary was saying. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. It's like she said to Gabriel, look at me. You want to see a maidservant? Look at me. You want to see a bondservant to the will of God? Look at me. Exhibit A. Could you point to anyone that knows you and say, you want to see someone who's sold out for Jesus Christ, who will never say no to Jesus Christ and Lord, you want to see one of those people look at me? Could you say that? Could you say, you want to see what it's like to be a voluntary slave of Jesus Christ until I die? Look at me. How I handle my money, how I discipline my children, how I plan my future, how I see my work on the job how I see my involvement in this church. You want to see a bond slave to Christ? Well, then look at me. That would be a great thing to be able to do. Mary says to Gabriel, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Then she goes on, Let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Do you know what that meant? She surrendered. She may have had plans. 
that she surrendered. She had a reputation that she surrendered because they accused her of having intimate relations with someone before marriage. She surrendered. She surrendered raising a typical son or daughter. She surrendered to raise the Son of God. She surrendered. Have you surrendered? I surrendered in 1981 at Word of Life Bible Institute in Scranton Lake, New York. I've had to ratify that decision all these years later. But that's when I said, pierce my ear, Lord. <laughs> I want to be your bondservant. I, I want to do whatever you want to do through me until I die. Because I couldn't have a more benevolent, loving, and wise, and good master than you. And at that point in my life, I was old enough I could tell God, I don't want to be the boss of my life anymore because I'm a terrible boss for my life. I want you, Jesus, to be the boss of my life, no matter what. And I signed a little thing for my Bible that said, anywhere, any place, any time, I'll obey. That's been an exciting life. Pastoring two churches in Canada, pastoring a church in the United States, and now pastoring a wonderful church in the Bahamas. Never would have dreamt the joy that would come into my life by that simple surrender. Have you surrendered? In her surrender, she welcomed God's will. In effect, she said, bring it on. She welcomed God's use of her. She welcomed God's word as delivered by God's angel. What's your impossible? Are you surrendered? What's your impossible? The Virgin Mary also welcomed scandal, questions of her morality, the potential loss of her fiancé, Joseph. I mean, she knew that if she told Joseph that she was going to have a baby, that he might just break off their marriage, pending marriage. <laughs> No, I was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. That took God revealing to Joseph she was saying, telling the truth, right? She welcomed scandal, moral questioning of her life, the potential loss of her fiancé, pressure from within and from without, and a life of parenting the Son of God. Can you imagine, ladies, parenting God? Teaching God, giving God tasks, calling God to dinner, tucking God in, telling God's half-brothers to leave him alone. You won't be able to provoke him to do anything wrong, just leave him alone. Imagine. She welcomed it. She said to the angel, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, I'm here. That's me. Look at me. You want to see a maidservant of the Lord? That's me. And again, I challenge us. Have you ever surrendered, put your ear to the block, let, as it were, God pierce your earlobe to say, I'm not just going to be God's slave for six years. I'm going to be God's slave until he calls me home. Then you can say, you want to see a surrendered Christian? By God's grace, look at me. 
by God's enabling mercy, look at me. Thirty-five. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. What's your impossible? Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Can you say, Behold the bond slave of the Lord? Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, and let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Must have been a satisfied angel when he went back to glory, the realms of glory. He not only had done what God told him to do, but she had accepted that word from God through him. Beautiful. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father. For those of us who have already surrendered to you in our past, may we ratify that and confirm that and live out that at every turn. Some things you call us to do are hard. Some things you call us to do are frankly impossible except you do them through us. Some things are joyous. Those of you who have already surrendered, then just tell God I surrendered before. God's not hard of hearing and he doesn't have a poor memory. May we who are not yet surrendered choose to surrender this morning. May we welcome God's will for us. May we welcome God's use of us. May we welcome God's word teaching us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. And God's bondservants said... Amen.